0: Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host of Funding the Dream, and you're listening to episode 81. On this episode, we have our guest um, who's having a very successful Kickstarter run with their game Story Realms, and my guest is Angie Hickman. Angie, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, this is kind of exciting because you and I uh, met at uh, Gen Con um, last month, or is it two months ago? It's hard to, a while ago, right? Several several times, weeks ago. And your game, Story Realms, was there and being shown off. And you you reached out to me and talked to me about all this research and everything that you had done for the show, excuse me, done for the project. And I thought, what a great opportunity to come on the show and t- tell our listeners the process that you went through. But before we do, let, let's talk a little bit about Story Realms and kind of where you're at with this. And you are having a very successful uh, run. So let's tell us about Story Realms.
1: So Story Realms is a cooperative adventure game, um, storytelling adventure game, in which uh, players work together to tell a great story. Um, it is playable by kids as young as about five years old um, and enjoyable for adults. So it's got that good mix of being something that kids can play, adults can play, adults can play with other grown-ups. You know, it's it's got that wide variety. And um, adventures take about an hour. So those are kind of our, our main points about the game is that... It's a it's a really uh, detailed and imaginative fantasy world filled with um, all kinds of resonant themes based off of folklore, fairy tales, and uh, classic literature, and we've created this this structure that enables good storytelling um, while while giving you uh, tools and tips to, um, things that, uh, imagination starters is what we like to call them. And so we provide both a huge detailed world to explore and everything that we can to, um, help you make that world your own.
0: Okay. So it sounds intriguing. Uh, there's not really anything else on the market. That's exactly like it. There's a couple of things that are similar in concept, but nothing like it. Right.
1: Uh, I haven't seen anything like it. As a yeah. parent and an avid gamer, I've never really come across anything like this, and so you create,
0: so, so it fun. sounds like you created a game that you would like to play with you and your kids.
1: Absolutely, that's that was the entire point. Me and my uh, co-designer Julian uh, wanted to make a game that we could play with our kids that would share our love of storytelling and also our love of RPGs and and board games. Um, in a way that was engaging, you know, not the Candyland experience where you're sitting there flipping a card and right. smiling at the kid and right. having coloring color matching activity. And you're but, like, Oh, <laughs> if I have to do this one more time. Yes. We wanted engaging gameplay that you could play with your family. And we also wanted something that you could just pull off the shelf and like on game night and say, Hey, you guys want to try this out? Like it takes an hour. It's a fun, sure. a fun storytelling adventure. So, okay. uh, and, so- and a good break for, from like the kind of, standard of rpgs where it's four hours to make a character and eight hours to play every week well you know this is a whole different type of experience okay
0: so here's the thing there's a lot of rpgs out there there's a lot of new board games there's a lot of kickstarter board games there's new games coming out from all the major manufacturers but story realms has hit and right now you guys how much time you have left on your kickstarter project
1: 15 days right
0: so, now. So you got two weeks left. It's been running for how long? About two weeks? Uh, we, we got there 30 days, 40 days?
1: I think it was a 34, or 35 day okay. project. It started in August 31st. Okay.
0: And so um, you guys then, this is what I want to talk to you about in, the, in the, our short podcast. And that is your game, generally, a game does well after it becomes known. Right, if it has a unique mechanic or something like that. But your game is doing very well because I think uh, if we looked, you're over thirty four thousand dollars in those in the two weeks you've been running, one hundred and seventy one percent with nearly four hundred backers on your project. Yes. So what listeners are going to there's a whole bunch of people out there who have that next great game idea like you do, and they're very interested to know what did you do that has caused your game. To stand out in such a way, because you're probably going to go on to about fifty or sixty thousand dollars with this project. What's caused your game to stand out in such a way that it's risen above a game that does ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars? That you really have done this. Do you have any ideas or insights that you would share? Because you've listened to the show, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Listen to every episode so far. <laughs> well,
0: I appreciate that, and you and you've just and I think you said this is your fourth podcast.
1: Yes, this is the fourth podcast I've been on as a guest.
0: So, and what were those other podcasts? Uh,
1: the GMS Magazine podcast, uh, Perpetual Geek Machine, that hasn't aired yet, um, and Little Metal Dog Show.
0: Well, and, which are all great. Uh, Little Metal, Do- Michael Fox over at Little Metal Dog, and Paco doing uh, the GMS Magazine are excellent uh, podcasts to listen to. And they go into depth about the game, right? Yes. Okay, but we're going to talk about not necessarily the game itself, the product, but What's the process that you use to cause an unknown product to reach such success in such a short amount of time? What would your uh, insights be on that?
1: Well, um, we started out this, uh, you know, just designing a game that we wanted to play. And then when we felt like we had a product or an idea that was really, you know, workable mechanics and a system that was something that, that was worth doing, you know, I've been watching Kickstarter. We've been designing games together for 10 years, Julian and I have, and I've been watching Kickstarter, this trend unfold, and I've been really excited to see this Revolution of, of how games get produced, um, and this, like, you know, grassroots kind of way where you throw your idea out there, and if, if you can get enough people to notice it, and if they believe in what you're doing, it can happen. And so, um, with Story Realms, it's a project that from the beginning we knew would not um, be. From the research we've done, all the books I've read on game design, all the people I could talk to, it's not something that's a viable option for most traditional publishing routes. We have so much stuff in this game, and we're absolutely unwilling to compromise that. Julian and I have, have created a system that we feel like is is an entire package. And so looking at traditional publishing routes was, it's a lot of a risk on an unknown designer, an unknown system, and the amount of stuff we wanted to include in this, books and cards and custom dice, and, you know, just goes on and on. So we're looking at Kickstarter and we were trying to figure out how do we do we do this, you know? So I started researching and really digging into what other people were doing on on Kickstarter how were they being successful what was what was the secrets behind their success as it were um, I discovered your podcast, which was immensely helpful um, and also you know read lots of designer diaries blogs um, tweets just anything I could get a hold of reached out to people trying to say hey how did how did you do this um, and have made a lot of great connections that way. Um, but what the biggest single thing I think was for us is the realization that we needed to present this project um, that we had like kind of one shot at a good first impression, and that the thing that we had was a great game, but we didn't have the visuals for it. Um, and so that that became you know started looking into how are we going to do that? What are we going to do? And also where are we going to put all these games when we get them? The warehousing, the shipping, distribution all these different factors. And the more I researched, the more there was <laughs> to find out. So, um, so one of the podcasts you had, had Dan Yarrington sure. on from GameSloot. And he was talking about their studio support services. And I listened to that and then I stopped and listened to it again. And then I did a bunch of, uh, digging around on the internet. And then when Julian came over to do one of our work sessions, I was like, Hey, listen to this. we got to listen, you got to listen to this. And so I played the podcast for him and we got done with it. And I was like, what do you think? Do you think we should give this guy a call? Like, I'd really like to see what his insight is. You know, he's talking about how they're working with studios to help with all of the stuff that is on my list of giant, you know, I had a list that said things to figure out. And it was like a mile long. And, uh, so, so I called Dan and we talked and, uh, it was it was a you know a partnership made in uh you know of uh perfect for us what what they had to offer and what we needed was a perfect match we had a game that we felt like was you know a, a great product uh and he they had the services that would make it excellent so
0: so let me so let me just ask because the question was uh, what did you do to make to have your game be so successful in su- such a short oh, amount of time No no that's all right and so you did a lot of research on what it was going to take to produce the game but when it came to actually getting people to pay attention um, did you have a tremendous a, a large amount of, or did you just simply hand this over to Game Salute and you were done.
1: Oh no, we had a, a huge amount of involvement on it, in it, and still do on a daily basis. So, yeah. the so Game Salute provided the provided us with a lot of support, especially in regards to art and experience on how to run a Kickstarter campaign, how to set our pledge levels. A lot of guidance there. We got to work with a lot of people who've done this before. Um, so, and then what we did is is we tried to just follow the advice that we got best as possible. Reach out to people, start talking about the game, blog about it um put it out there for an open beta play test for people to play let's back
0: off of that let's let's go through this checklist then blog about it where did you blog about it
1: uh well we have a blog uh called growing up gamers um that we've been doing for a couple years where we just talk about gaming with kids and just our general gaming stuff so we we did a lot of design articles on there
0: growingupgamers.com is that where they find that
1: yeah that that redirects to <laughs> to uh, our site yeah. to the site okay so
0: growing up gamers and and then, so this is an established uh, blog how long have you had that blog
1: a couple of years okay. two years maybe so yeah. we already had that the blog going so we started doing that um, i started talking to people on uh, the board game design forum on boardgamegeek and also on bgdf.com the the design forums there i'm a more of a lurker really but i tried to to reach out to a few people um we started our, our own website, our studio website, escapadegames.com, and then we have um, we have a project blog on there where we talk a lot specifically about Story Realms development. Um, my husband got really, my husband Randy, who's also part of Escapade Games but didn't work on the design of this game, but he got, um, so Julian's wife Chrissy made our website. She does all the webmastering stuff and set up a forum for us, and all kinds of things there. And then Randy got really involved in uh, doing a lot of social media outreach and forums Um just a, gaming forums RPG forums uh, he became super active in Twitter um, and so he's done a lot of our social media coordination that with Facebook
0: okay um, let's talk let's talk about that then so you launched the project two weeks ago two yeah. two, two and a half weeks ago all of the stuff the blogging the Twitter the Facebook the new website because I gotta I gotta believe that a new website isn't necessarily going to attract that much traffic because nobody knows about it and right. the, and the number one question that everybody asks is how does my game get to be known? You have all, you have 400 backers that found your game. Um the question is how much time before 2 weeks ago was all of this work done to start to drive this attention?
1: Uh we've been working on it uh tirelessly since March. Okay, so, so
0: March, April, May, so June. So six
1: I mean we were working on it in in January uh, really, but we, but we picked it up in March and really came up with a, a social media plan for trying to get uh, get ourselves out there. Okay. And, so uh, let's,
0: let's talk about that social media plan. So six months okay. ago, six months out front. So somebody's, again, uh, remember as we talked, as we're listening, there's another one of you out there listening right now, right? Sure. Who's going, okay, taking notes. Uh, six months before you plan that you would like to launch your project, we're saying you put the social media plan together and that social media plan includes hopefully having a blog site that's already been established, but setting up a, a, a new one and then out on Board Game Geek. And what were some of the other things that you did?
1: Uh, a lot of Facebook and Twitter. What does that mean? Um,
0: what does that mean, a lot of Facebook and Twitter?
1: So we we started a, a group for Escapade Games on Facebook and we tried to engage with people that way, um, spread it throughout our friend network and then also just started you know in our other posts and places we were doing, talked about our Facebook group. Um, we started tweeting a, a lot about the game. We kind of came up with uh, it, it hasn't. We haven't been able to maintain it as well as we hoped because you know there's a lot of work on the game design too, so it's kind of sporadic. But we came up with a, My husband came up with a whole plan that involved us, uh, tweeting a certain number of, of meaningful content. Uh, like links to other people's stuff and just trying to engage with people X amount per day. Um, I'm not talking about story realms, but just trying to engage and build up a following on social media and start engaging with people.
0: So let's talk about that. Um, When somebody says, okay, because a lot of times Twitter is a kind of a new concept to a lot of people.
1: It was brand new. I had not used Twitter before we started doing this. Right. I had an account, but I had never used it.
0: And so when you say engage in meaningful content or meaningful tweets, Somebody who's listening, who's in your same spot, who's like, well, I've never used Twitter. What does that mean? So what does that mean, engage in useful or um, content on Twitter? So,
1: so looking at what other people are linking to, reading it, commenting back to them about it, um, throwing questions out there, getting people's opinions, um, ask You know, – I've gotten to know a lot of great people just through using Twitter, um, which I didn't even think it was kind of <laughs> – I didn't understand how Twitter worked. Um, it's kind of like you're standing in a big room at a party and everyone else is standing around talking and you kind of just walk around and listen to what people are saying and maybe jump in when you have something to say. So it's kind of like uh, basic networking where you, you go around and you shake hands with people and say hi and introduce yourself and, and listen a lot to what they're saying and 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 talk about what other people are talking about, so, not just standing there plugging your own product over and over and over again.
0: So a little primer. So if somebody is shy and withdrawn and not necessarily an extrovert, you know, somebody, somebody like you, who's not, uh, doesn't walk up to strange. Oh, you do walk up to strangers, don't you?
1: <laughs> uh, I didn't so much until recently. I mean, that uh, you, I'm right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're, and you're doing an excellent job. So what advice would you give to those people who are, let's use the word shy, who are shy or hesitant to kind of open themselves up like that? out there.
1: Well, Twitter is great because you can just do it sitting in your living room and you just listen to what people say and, and, and you know follow people that have the same interests as you and similar hobbies and look at who they're following and follow those people. And pretty soon there will be this great conversation going and just try to participate. I mean, for me, it wasn't about having an agenda. It was just about collecting, uh, uh, creating a network of people that I could uh, interact with. It, it's It's totally been, I mean, we've gotten more in the, uh, responses, like the feet, the feedback and the advice I've gotten out of Twitter, I think is more important than me projecting my project out there.
0: Sure. And I would agree with that a hundred percent. How many Twitter followers do, do you have now?
1: Oh, me personally. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I can look, I think it's 500,
0: cool. okay. 600. So six months ago, you didn't even use Twitter. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And now I you're... have six hundred and four followers. How many? Seven hundred and four.
0: Seven hundred and four followers. Six months ago, you didn't have any, right? And you did that by getting out there and engaging. Your Escapade Games Facebook page has one hundred and seventy six likes. Yeah. So, and as and as we wind down to the end of the show here, because we're all already almost out of time, it goes by really fast. Um, you're what you're saying is is that if you, even if you're starting at ground zero like you guys were doing in a very short amount of time. You can be focused on, as you just said, engaging with the, the the audience. How 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 much of an impact do you think the Twitter and the Facebook, the seven hundred Twitter followers and the and the one hundred and seventy six Facebook fans, contributed to the success that you're seeing right now with Story Realms?
1: You know, I don't have a great way of looking at that from the Kickstarter. Dashboard data that I've had forwarded to me from our project manager. uh, It doesn't look like there's a terrible lot of people directly from tweets, but again, I I use Twitter to engage with people and and to. um, It's almost impossible to track it. Right. Uh, But I I think that between Twitter, Facebook, and and actually, really importantly, is BoardGameGeek and Reddit. Is, is other sites that we use a lot and spend a lot of time doing. Um, but Board Game Geek is the one where I feel like I've had direct returns of people saying, Hey, I discovered your game on Board Game Geek. Um, they either appreciate our positive attitude and enthusiasm for the game or our dedication to answering questions and to being open to feedback or, you know, just the, just the, the, the ability to, to to interact with people I, I think is the most under estimated impact your project can possibly have is the is the the face-to-face time at conventions or the ability to sit down and demo your game with people and when you can't do that to just reach out and network with other people online not with the intention of like i mean i don't tweet about story realms even on a daily basis right now even with the project going um i go onto twitter and i try to interact with people and i've found it to be like an important and meaningful part of my day so it's it's you know and made what I consider to be friendships through doing it. So, um, so I think that you kind of got to take a step back as a as a project creator from from uh, focusing entirely on how you can market your project and really really try to just um, get involved in the the industry or the 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 hobby. You know, especially for games, just get involved and try to talk to people and and listen as much or more than you talk.
0: Sure, um, sure, and that's how and that's how you and I met. You reached out to me on Twitter, um, and, and I assumed you were following me. Saw that I was going to be in the area, and that's how we kind of uh, came together and, and started communicating. I actually and
1: started following you on Twitter because you commented on our blog a long time ago on one of our articles. I think wow. I, uh,
0: actually long. I think that I do remember because you were writing about at the time. Uh, this has been a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, because at the time. Um, I, I have blogged about extensively about the changing game environment and when it comes to women in the game industry and how it's having an impact on the gaming industry. and I think you had written a blog something about that, and I commented on it a couple of years ago. And
1: yeah, I, yes And I, so, so when I got on Twitter, I started looking for people you know, tried looking for people to connect with. And so I just started looking at, you know, comments we had gotten on our blog. And I think that that's another great one too, is if you go out and read other people's blogs and comment, not to comment like, hey, I'm making a game too, check out Story Realms, but, but to go in there and just comment on the content that they have and just start building up a rapport with people. And then when it's time for your project to launch, um, those personal connections mean everything.
0: Yep. I, become a contributor, right? Yeah. Uh, well, we are out of time, um, Angie it's been awesome to have you on the show it's thank been awesome you. i love the we didn't even talk about your artwork but you can listen to those great podcasts the GMS podcast and the uh, little metal dog show and when the perpetual geek machine comes out you can listen to that one as well great stuff so thank you very much
1: thank other. you for the opportunity to to talk about this, and and also thanks so much for the podcast. Like I said, it's been so helpful to have some measure of guidance or some reference, or to hear other people's experience. And just you know, some of the episodes you had the best, worst case scenario. Like some of those things were were so eye opening to me that yeah. you know, literally my jaw dropped, and I was like, "Whoa!" I'm so great. glad there's a resource
0: for people out here. I've had like, great guests, and and uh, thank you for supporting that and, and being such a a fan. Okay. Yeah. You have been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My name is Richard Bliss. Our host has been Angie Hickman, uh, co-creator of Story Realms, a hot product on Kickstarter right now. If you get a chance, go out, back it, take a look at it. It has gorgeous artwork, and it looks like it's awesome to play. So uh, thank you for listening. We're looking forward to seeing your project on Kickstarter. Hopefully you've heard something that has inspired you. Take care, and we'll talk to you later.